0: Welcome back to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. It's been a few weeks since the last podcast that I released. Now, the last podcast was the one where I was kind of informing you all that I was going to be taking a little break. I anticipated a couple month break from podcasting because I have other things I need to do. I need to finish my freaking full length music album from a couple years ago. I need to finish my novel that was completely written last summer, a year ago, because I get like 90% of the way through and then that last 10% is the boring part. So it's like creative part over. I'm done. I guess this is never coming out. A lot of hard work for nothing. And I have been working very hard on both the novel and the album, and I'm making a lot of progress. However, because I've been working so hard on those, actually podcasting, making this episode earlier and sooner than I thought during this break, this is actually giving me a break from that other stuff, which is another reason why I want to get those two things, the novel and the album, done so that maybe for at least a little while I can just have focus, a singular focus, or maybe dual focus on one or two primary things, not just all these irons in the fire and I can't think of an analogy to completing something that would have anything to do with irons in a fire, so I set myself up for failure there. Now, going back to the novel, I am on well, what we'll call, finger quotes, the last pass of the novel. It's not going to be the last pass. I'm going to have to do one more pass or I'm going to have to farm it off to a couple people to read and do that last pass for me because I'm self-publishing. I want to make sure there's not like a whole lot of dramatic Errors, spelling errors, because you believe it or not, Microsoft Word, it does miss things. And then I go through on edit five or six or whatever I'm on right now, and I'm like, holy shit, how did that not get caught and underlined and brought to my attention? So I've got to be on the lookout because I don't want to put out a novel that's got errors in it. But I will say this pass that I'm on right now, that I'm probably about 70% of the way through, I've really kept my revisions to a minimum. My goal was to go through with zero revisions, but it just, it's hard to get through. see an opportunity to clarify a sentence or use a different adjective because, oh crap, I realized I used that same adjective or adverb just two paragraphs ago and I want to shake it up a little bit so I don't sound like a broken record. Speaking of broken record, that's the name of the music album that I'm trying to finish up. So the reason I kind of let that die on the vine, it was written and recorded in late 2020 and I want to say I had like all the recording and early mixes done in early 2021. So this is over two years expired that I haven't done shit with that album, and all I really had to do was maybe tweak a guitar solo here and there, and then just get it to my buddy Colin Coffee at a local studio so that he will do the final mix and master for me to prepare it for release. But it was just one of those things where, okay, I'd made it through, like, and this was like a lot of songs. Well, full-length album, it was eight songs. There were a couple more songs that I did, but I just didn't feel like they turned out the way I wanted, so they got cut from what would be the final mixes and final songs to go on the track. I also was on the fence. Do I want to release an album? Do I want to release songs one at a time? Do I want to attach videos to the songs? Because that's kind of how people are doing things now. People don't necessarily just put out an album. They put them out one at a time, even if it ends up being an album when all is said and done. But here lately, I was to the point where it's like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to mix this myself. I'm not going to pay for the mastering. I'm just going to release it. Even if it doesn't sound great, probably not a ton of people are going to hear it. That's not a woe is me type of thing. That is just simply the day and age in the industry that we live in from a music perspective. It's very hard to get your stuff heard unless somehow it goes viral, hence attaching videos to the songs. So I was just going to crank it out, push it off my plate, but then I ended up having a discussion with Colin and he was like, you know, dude, I really, I, I've heard this one song, especially that I think I could do a great job mixing that. It's a really killer song. And I know he would make the song sound 10 to a hundred times better than what I would crank out because I'm really good at writing and recording recording and basic mixing for some reason just getting that final mix live mixing I'm fine with but just trying to prepare a recording for a variety of different devices and speakers you know your car your phone your Alexa your like the speakers I have that are studio speakers and provide a lot more low end you gotta figure out a way to produce that and Eq it and present it in a way that it sounds good on every single playback device so I've decided after talking to him I'm going to go back to the The idea of doing these as singles, one song at a time. Maybe I'll attach videos to some of the songs. I don't know. That's going to be very time-consuming. But what do I have but time? I've already sat on this thing for over two years. I guess if I can release things a little later and more separate from each other in order to include a video, why not? So I'm going to kind of go one song at a time from a financial aspect. It's also easier on me to do this one song at a time. We've agreed to a certain price per song. I send him each kind of stripped-down track, and then he's going to go in, do a final mix, add his little EQ and effects and things and what's called reamping with the guitars so that he can make my guitar parts sound like they're out of one of any thousand of style of amps and change the settings. He's just really good at that. I don't have that equipment. So I am uh, in the process of finalizing what are called the stems. That would be each track that I am sending to him to do the final mix of for the first song. The one that I feel is more like the one that people gravitate more toward. So that introduces me as an artist for this album to people who have never heard me. Hopefully then they'll want to hear more stuff that I release over the following months. So perhaps in a couple months, you will have that first song, Amen, out there available streaming, YouTube, maybe with a video, we'll see. And then my goal is about every one to two months after that, I'm just going to pop out another one, pop out another one, pop out another one. Out of the eight songs I've got right now in my final list, there's one or two I'm on the fence about. Do they really stand up as well as the other ones? So it's possible I might cut one or two of those, which which doesn't really matter because, again, if I'm releasing them as singles, it doesn't matter if I put out a four-song EP or a seven-song LP, which is always weird because LP, the longer album, stands for long play. The EP stands for extended play, which sounds longer than long, but it's not. What that means is that it is an extended single, where a single would have come out with one song on each side, and EP had two songs on each side. It was extended. Long play was the full-size album that had eight, nine, ten. And 11, 12, 13 songs. 1, So I don't know if I've given a Coda update, my puppy, recently. She's doing very well. Currently, she is. I can hear her chewing a bone downstairs where the cat is. I've been leaving the door open in the studio because I have to quit isolating her. At this point, she's seven months old. Her and the cat, they don't like each other. Well, no, technically, Coda loves the cat. She's always, like, got a tug-of-war toy in her mouth, and she's bouncing up and down next to the little perch that the cat, Cessna, is on. Like, uh, why don't you grab it with your mouth and play tug-of-war with me? she doesn't understand. That's not how it works with cats. Meow. But just getting them more exposed to each other and just learning what is or isn't going to happen by that routine exposure. So I also like the fact that she's going downstairs when I'm upstairs, because up until this point, she's pretty much always been in the same room that I'm in at any given time. If I get up and walk out of a room, she gets up and follows me. Even if she's in the middle of working on a Kong or a treat, she'll take the Kong or the treat with her, following me around, like, are we changing locations? No, I'm just taking a piss. But she's definitely a nice, solid size, adult size looking dog already at seven months. I'm guessing she'll probably grow a little bit more, but I'm seeing the growth slow down. I can kind of base that on the frequency in which I need to adjust her collar, which I haven't had to do in probably over a month. So that lets me know that she's probably starting to slow her growth down, which is fine. She's right at the size that I kind of expected her to be and that I wanted her to be. I didn't want to tiny dog, but I didn't want a massive, like, bull mastiff-sized dog. And also, of course, the smaller the dog or the larger the dog, the longer or the shorter their average anticipated lifespan. So being right in that medium, medium medium-large dog size, I mean, she's got at least pending any horrible health diagnosis that's, you know, unforeseen, she's definitely got at least 10 to 12 years in her. My last dog, Zola, that passed away or I had to have put to sleep a week before Christmas 2019, she was a little bigger than Coda, not much. I mean, I don't really remember. I'm just trying to guesstimate. So I don't know if Coda's gonna grow enough to match the size of Zola or just stay roughly where she's at at a little bit smaller. I'm fine, either or. But Zola actually lived to be 15 years old. So that's pretty good for a dog that weighs 75 pounds. Currently, Coda is going crazy. That's why you're hearing squeaking, perhaps barking in the background. She's deciding between a multitude of bones that she then wants to come over and run up to my desk chair and try and force upon me, like, play with me with my bone. I'm like, no, it's a bone. It's not a freaking play toy. But anyway, she is doing well. I do want to mention that I have a new fan at the Speedway right up the road from my house. So I was going through the Speedway buying, I don't probably beer or something on my way home from work a few days ago. And this guy looks like, I don't know, he's probably 19 to 21 years old. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm guessing. Long hair, beard, cool, laid back personality. And as I was checking out, he's apparently new there because I've never seen him there before. And I'm at that speedway a lot. Alcoholic much? But he saw my half sleeve of tattoos on my left arm, which is a bunch of musical symbols, a guitar, a microphone, yada, yada, yada. he was like, oh, man cool you musician I'm like yeah of course what gave it away and he was like oh dude I'm a aspiring musician you like can I get your number and I'm like well I'll I'll give you my card which has my website on it and I also pointed out well I have a, a podcast and you can go listen to my original music all that info is on the card and then a couple days later I was back in that same speedway and as I'm approaching the counter he sees me and goes Jeff and starts telling me that he started listening to the podcast he thinks it's funny yada 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 and quite honestly it was very Weird for me to have, I guess, what you would call a fan, especially that I was like a mile away from my home, given that I live in a rural area and he's at that speedway. There's plenty of other speedways. If he didn't live in this rural area that I'm in, he probably wouldn't be working at that particular speedway. So, feeling like I had a little fan here, I was like, you know, actually, it's all recorded right up the road here. He's like, really? Right up the road? I live in such and such neighborhood. I'm not going to tell you. Because I had to say, Oh, that's my neighborhood too. I live on such and such street, which is a big loop in my neighborhood. And he said, Yeah, I live on that street too. But he's on the complete opposite side of the neighborhood. And he's like, Well, if you ever see a dude skateboarding through the neighborhood, that's me. But I thought that was really cool. So I wanted to give him a shout out should he listen to this episode. I feel like an asshole that I did not get his name. I will do that the next time. But I found it really cool that this guy actually, I, I can't tell you how many times I've given my card. Or told people, friends, co-workers, family about my podcast, and they have never listened to a single episode. And this dude, he went right out, and just in a matter of two days, he knew my name upon sight, he was super excited that I was back, and he got to talk to me a little bit about the podcast briefly, then realized we live in the same freaking neighborhood. (laughs) So, that was cool. Now, I've got a lot to talk about with sleeping. We'll get to that soon, but I haven't done a podcast in weeks, so I've got a lot of updates. I do want to say, while I was making this show prep last night, I had TV on in the background, and a commercial for the newest Guardians of the Galaxy movie came up saying, own it on Blu-ray or DVD on August 1st. Is anyone still buying physical media? Why are they advertising Blu-ray and DVD? DVD, might as well buy it on an 8-track or a cassette tape or a vinyl LP. I just thought that was weird. They dedicated that commercial to not tell you where it was streaming, but to say own it on Blu-ray or DVD. That was a marketing fail, in my opinion. All right, I'm going to quit giving updates. That was just something that got added to my updates because it happened last night. But last week, I had another camp week at the school. I'll have another one next week. And it just sucks because I am used to falling asleep around 2 to 3 a.m. But during camp, camp weeks, I have to be up at 7.30, so I can let Coda out, and then be out the door by 8.30, go to the school at 9, do the camp until 11.30 when the kids take lunch, then I drive home, let Coda out for a little bit while another instructor is there to kind of start things out after lunch at 12.30, then I'm usually back there by 1.30, 2 at the latest, and then I'm there for the remainder of camp until 3, and then I'm there for my lessons and my rehearsals from 3 to 8 every day. Long days, but every day, it's like, I'm gonna get to bed by midnight tonight, I look down at my watch and it's 1 30 and I'm like, oh no, I need to go to bed! And inevitably, because I'm so used to a different sleep schedule, even when I do manage to force myself into bed at what feels like a reasonable time, I lay there awake, can't fall asleep, thinking about bullshit. And I will say that sleep is both my love and my sworn enemy. I can definitely sleep very long, no problem, but I'm also a night owl. Always have been. But even when I was someone who had to wake up at like 7 a.m. every day for a corporate job, I still have been the type of person that gets my second wind around like 9, 10 o'clock at night. And at that point, now I'm on that little roll for a couple hours, three hours, whatever, till midnight, one. Now I need like another hour to kind of tone my mind down and prepare for sleep. So before we know it, we're at 2, 3 a.m. And there have been many years of my life that on average I operated on around five, maybe six hours of sleep on any given night, four years at a time. And now my schedule is kind of random and variable for the most part. I don't have to be at work until around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The school is closed on Friday and Sunday, and then Saturday I have to be there at around 11 o'clock. But, obviously, the camp weeks, now I gotta be there at 9 a.m. Holy shit! What in the wide wide world of sports is going on here? But, all that to say with being very sleep-deprived this past week with the camp, and likely I'll be sleep deprived next week and the camp two weeks after that because I just can't adjust, that made me think, well, maybe I'll talk about sleeping, why we sleep, things about sleep. It seemed like a topic that was relevant to things I've been going through, and that's what we're going to talk about, whether you like it or not. One thing I will say is that I find it weird that a lot of our new technology needs the same things we do as humans. We think technology is advanced and it's completely different and better than humans, but what happens when you walk away from your computer for a prolonged period of time? It goes to sleep. What happens if you don't recharge your phone, your device, your iPad? It dies. So our technology is not that much different from us. If it does not have a chance to recharge and rest, it will die. So you know me, I love learning experiences and educational topics, and this one is no exception. So let's start out with the reason why we as humans sleep. And the answer is kind of vague, because the exact reason why we sleep is still kind of somewhat of a mystery to scientists. Obviously, in a nutshell, sleep allows our brains to recharge, it maintains physical health by allowing our bodies to rest and heal, but the exact reason why we need to sleep, why the rhythms of our body force sleep upon us, that is not 100% determined even to this day. What? So, when you fall asleep in the very first minute after falling asleep, your body temperature drops, your brain activity is greatly reduced, and your heart rate and your breathing slow down. And then, of course, there are the four stages of sleep. I'm sure pretty much everybody is familiar with REM sleep, rapid eye movement, R-E-M, REM sleep. That is the stage of sleep that people think we dream in. It is, but not the only stage. REM sleep is the fourth stage of sleeping, but actually stage three is the deepest stage that we're sleeping when the body and the brain is at its most relaxed. It's in stage 4 that the body is still completely paralyzed but now all of a sudden brain activity increases and that's why it's most believed that our dreaming takes place during REM sleep. However, what I found out was that dreaming can actually occur in all stages of sleep, which makes sense because I feel like I'm always dreaming. Right before I wake up, right as I fall asleep, I literally can make myself fall asleep by thinking about an idea for a dream. It usually Has to be pretty ludicrous if I think about something normal or that's on my mind, then I'm just gonna lay awake thinking about it. But if I think about myself in the basement of an industrial building with bombs falling outside and zombies on the other side of a door, I'll probably fall asleep more quickly. Hey, it's raining nuclear missiles outside, and there's 14 zombies on the other side of this very weak door. Sweet dreams. So let's talk about how our bodies regulate sleep for us. So there's basically two ways this happens. There's what's called sleep-wake homeostasis and that's basically the idea that the longer you're awake, the more your body wants to sleep. That makes sense. And then there's also the circadian alerting system. So this would be like daylight versus dark. Your body naturally interprets daylight as wakey-wake time and nighty-night time as being when it's dark. That doesn't mean that people just automatically automatically wake up when the sun comes up or fall asleep when it's dark. Well, we also have tools at our disposal, like the curtains in my bedroom that make two o'clock in the afternoon seem really no different to me than 6 a.m. in the morning. So, I'm not allowing the natural circadian rhythm to take place on my body. And then, of course, you can affect your natural rhythms and regulations of sleep by caffeine, your work schedule. Obviously, if you work second, third shift, you're not following the circadian rhythm. You might follow sleep, wake, homeostasis, but definitely not the circadian alert system. Even the light coming off your electronics, like they tell you, if you want to go to bed in the next hour, it's like if you're a cigarette smoker or a vapor. You probably don't want to take a lot of nicotine into your body the hour before you try and go to sleep, because now you're just going to lay in bed, wait for that to wear off. Same thing. The light from your phone or your tablet or your TV affects the body circadianly. That's not a word. And then it takes more time for you to kind of come down and let that natural rhythm of darkness take over. I am... Dracula. Now, both of these processes, or maybe processes, but sleep-wake homeostasis and circadian alerting system, they are managed by multiple areas of the brain. Which is why it's so difficult for scientists to figure out exactly why we sleep, because it is incredibly complex. So, these processes are managed by the hypothalamus, the thalamus, which is basically just the hypothalamus, but with less hypo, the pineal pen- gland, I don't know. The basal forebrain, which is what you get removed if you have your brain circumcised. That was a foreskin joke and a not very good one. The midbrain, don't know what that is. The brain stem, the amygdala and the cerebral cortex. So all of those parts of your brain are involved, even though we only use what, like 10% of our brain. Well, apparently a lot of your brain is being used in order to either make you sleep or make you awake. Additionally, the brain is is constantly putting out chemicals and hormones to our body to help regulate sleep and wakefulness. So like melatonin, that's something people take a lot in pill format to fall asleep, but your body actually produces melatonin at a time that it thinks it's time for you to sleep. That's how scientists discovered, here's a little extra melatonin, sweet dreams. So I already discussed how much even our technological devices kind of are similar to us in the way that we need sleep sleep, rest, recharging, whatever. And of course, that pretty much applies to the entire animal kingdom. I mean, does a tree sleep? I don't know. Is a tree awake? I don't know. But not every living creature on this planet actually sleeps or needs sleep, like ants, the ones that are annoying on a picnic. Ants do not sleep during the course of their entire life. Now, their entire life, probably pretty short, a week, maybe two. But to them, I mean, that's a long time. That's a lifetime. They never sleep. An ant has never known the joy of just getting a little extra sleep and waking up feeling really refreshed. Good nap.
1: It really was.
0: Now, while most insects do go into a sleep-like state, there are other non-sleeping insects, which would include honeybees, cockroaches, termites, beetles, and some species of wasps and flies. That's great to know about the cockroaches. They're awake, 24-7, wreaking havoc. (laughs) Here's a fun fact I found about frogs. Now, frogs do sleep, but if a frog is completely frozen, it stops breathing, its heart stops, it is essentially dead. However, once you thaw that little froggy out, it goes back to normal. It comes back to life. In fact, some frogs are able to be frozen for up to eight months at a time and come back to life no problemo. That's pretty crazy. I would imagine there's got to be some kind of science that we should be looking at, and that probably was the catalyst for the idea of freezing people's heads or bodies or whatever, and we will reanimate you at a later time, which is cryogenics, but we still don't really have that. I think some people are decapitating people and freezing their heads and have been doing that for like 40, 50 years. They're probably not doing it correctly. If that was, you know, something super reliable, Pretty sure it would be routinely marketed on every television show are you about to die? Well, don't worry. You don't have to. Let us put you in a frozen sleep-like frog state. And once your disease has a cure, 40 years from now, we'll wake you up and let you know that everyone you loved has died. Contact us today for a free consultation at morbidfreezer.com. I don't know if morbidfreezer.com is actually a website, and I recommend maybe you don't go check that out just in case. Another creature that never sleeps would be a shark, because a a shark needs to constantly swim to take in oxygen so it doesn't die, and so they never sleep, or they would die. Sometimes they go into like a resting state where they're floating, but for the most part, they're awake all the time. Now, giraffes, they do sleep, but only for about four and a half hours a day, and that is comprised of short, teeny, tiny little stints of around, I don't know, up to 35 minutes each. So they're basically taking eight to nine naps a day, but there's no long-term sleep. Otherwise, they're awake the majority of the day. That sucks. There are birds called great frigate birds, but it looks like frigate birds, but it's pronounced, I looked this one up, frigate birds, and they are known to fly non-stop for two months. Two months! Non-stop! Without landing or stopping anywhere. That's a lot of flying. Now, they do technically sleep, but only for about 45 minutes out of every day. And that 45 minutes is made up of these little micro naps that only last a few seconds at a time what i'm feeling tired oh i'm awake again let's fly around for a while i'm feeling tired oh i'm awake again let's fly around for a while i'm feeling tired I'm awake again. Just micro naps that make up 45 minutes a day. Finally, dolphins, I mean, technically they don't sleep because they only have one half of their brain sleeping at any given time. And this is very similar to sharks, because dolphins don't have gills, so they need to go to the surface constantly to breathe to keep themselves alive. So basically, half of its brain will sleep while the other half is alert, and then they'll switch that. And similar to humans, dolphins can sleep up to eight hours every day, but during that period of time, they shift the awake or the sleeping half of their brain every two hours. That's crazy. I guess that would mean that each half of their brain is identical. or. Or that would mean that half of the time dolphins are very mathematical and analytical, and the other half of the time they're very artistic and flamboyant. It's Golden Girls. It's exciting. Oh, cute. Slutty. I'm flabbergasted. Well, it's not boring. You don't want it to be vulgar. Do you believe I'm saying that? Now, of course, because I was looking up animals that really don't need to sleep or sleep very little, I also wanted to look up the animals that sleep the most, and honestly, wasn't too impressed. The top animal I saw was a koala, which sleeps 18 to 22 hours a day. That's not much different than Coda, my puppy, or Goobs, my cat. Puppies need upwards of like 18 hours of sleep every day. There you go. Koalas and cats Goobies age sleep up to 20 hours a day. That sounds about right. So why are we listing koalas like they're so special? They're not much different than dogs and cats. There's also the little brown bat, which sounds like a bar in Kentucky, and that sleeps for around 19 hours a day. The European hedgehog 18 hours, giant armadillos 16 to 18 hours, and the three-toed tree sloth. We all know sloths are super lazy, but actually only about 14 to 16 hours a day. But wait, Jeff, what about bears? They sleep for months? Yes, that's hibernation. That's not really a sleep though. That's actually like a physiological change to their body to survive the season and the weather. Fact. Bears eat
1: beets. Oh. Bears beets Battlestar Galactica. Bears do not
0: what is going on? All of their metabolism and their body functions slow down. And, and actually, during hibernation, many animals do wake up for periods of time. It's just very kind of chill. And then they go back to sleep. Kind of like when you wake up and think, oh, no, my alarm's going off in five minutes. And you begrudgingly tap the screen of your phone and say, holy shit, I have three hours. But really, you know, hibernating animals are not that much different than like annual plants where, you know, the season comes, the weather changes. And they just say, I'm gonna go underground now. I'll see you next summer. But that's about as deep as I got into the science of hibernation, because honestly, it was way too scientific. And as much as I like learning and educational moments, that article was boring the shit out of me. So let's talk about humans. What is the ideal sleep amount? So for a newborn, you're looking at like 14 to 17 hours, little less than my puppy Coda, but pretty close. Teens need eight to 10 hours. Adult need seven to nine hours. So that would make sense why when they're 13, 16, whatever teen wants to just sleep for hours on end, it's like, come on, wake up. You're a grown-up now, you piece of lazy shit. Well, no, they actually do require more sleep than an adult. And there are negative effects to your body, to your health based on too little and even too much sleep. Like you would think, how can I have too much sleep, Jeff? I'm glad you asked. Let me explain. So so the effects of too little sleep are linked to a variety of chronic health problems like heart disease, kidney disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, obesity, depression. The effects of too much sleep, which would be defined by more than nine hours of sleep routinely on a daily basis, increase risk of chronic diseases like heart disease, diabetes, obesity, depression. Sound familiar? It's pretty much the same thing. So you got to Fall in that little seven, nine hour range or else you're kind of screwed. I did find a statistic that shows that 2% of the population are considered finger Long sleepers. And they require 10 to 12 hours per day. So right in between a teen and a newborn. 2% of Americans would be 6.6 million people just in this country that are considered long sleepers. That is roughly equivalent to the percentage of Jewish Americans. And lately, over the last few years, I would call myself a long sleeper. I need more than eight, nine hours sleep. That's why these freaking camps suck. Because I'm getting like, six, maybe, if I get to bed at a reasonable time and don't stay awake thinking about dumb bullshit. But before I got CODA, about four months ago, it was not uncommon for me to sleep 10 to 12 hours multiple days of the week. And even on the days I couldn't sleep that long, I would sleep eight to 10, still in the high end of the range. If I only got eight, boy, was I grumpy. And that was one reason why I decided it was time to get a new dog, I would have companionship, and it would force me to have to wake up earlier because I couldn't just sleep for this insanely long stretch that I knew was unhealthy. But again, going back to many of the years in my corporate life, the majority of my adult life, I was fine with running on five to seven hours of sleep below the range. So maybe I'm just offsetting things now. I don't know. I'll also say I am I'm not good at napping. I have to be really freaking tired to take a nap or I have to have like the flu. Beyond that, my brain is just way too active and crazy during my normal awake time. I just, I'll lay there. I won't sleep. I'll lay there. I am pushing 48 years old. You would think I'm at an age now where it's like, well, your body, well, you should nap sometimes or you're going to break a hip. And who knows 10 years from now when I'm pushing 60, maybe I'll be more nap friendly. Just never has been a part of my my makeup or my metabolism. So while we're talking about whether you need to sleep less, more, in the middle, whatever, let's look at records of being awake for a period of time or people that even die because of a lack of sleep. That's how serious it can be. So the record for staying up the longest is 264.4 hours. This record was set in 1964. That would be 11 days and 24 minutes. 11 days and 24 minutes. What was he doing to keep himself occupied on day three Then on day four? Because eventually that stimulus that you have to keep you awake becomes routine. Sadly, I did not research how young that record setter died, but I'm gonna guess perhaps he didn't meet his average life expectancy by going through that experiment or record or whatever that was trying to accomplish. Now, on the flip side, it's very rare to die due to a lack of sleep because your body, it's gonna force it upon you. It's like, how many times have you been sitting, watching a movie or a TV show late at night, and you're having a hard time keeping your eyes open? They're getting heavy. Those eyelids, getting heavy. That is your body saying, well, if you're not gonna go to bed, do the right thing. Just gonna make you go to sleep right now. However, there is a rare hereditary condition called FFI. Fatal familial insomnia. Fuck that family. That's sucks, but what happens, it makes it almost impossible to fall asleep, and those diagnosed can survive up to seven to around 36 months, the average of them dying about 18 months from diagnosis, because basically, you can't fall asleep, and eventually, your body's going to say, I didn't recharge enough. I'm like your old iPhone 4. You can plug me in as much as you want, but I'm dead. This affects about one to two people out of one million. So about three to six hundred people in America alone have fatal familial insomnia and will die within roughly 18 months of diagnosis. That sucks. It's not like cancer. There's something growing and attacking you. It's like, I just can't fucking fall asleep. Can we not pump these people full of melody? Tonin, maybe an indica strain of marijuana
1: God damn, I was in that shit, man. I never had no dope like that before in my life, man That's the heaviest shit I ever smoked, man I mean, I smoked a lot of shit before, man, but goddamn, man, that's heavy shit
0: We can make dicks hard with the teeny tiny pill. We can't make people sleep. Shit, anesthesia. Yeah, that's probably not safe to do that routinely, but it's an option to keep them alive. Now, we have dreams, which are tied in with sleep. I'm not going to get into dreams on this episode. I already have a previous episode dedicated to dreams, weird dreams, and I will likely do a follow-up that includes more science, but I'm not going to discuss that on this part particular episode. So we're going to wrap up by talking about sleep disorders, just things that fuck with your sleep one way or another, because it's bad enough. We got to worry about AIDS, STDs, Cancer, asthma, all these things that fuck with our body, but now we've got disorders for sleep, the thing that is supposed to be one of the most natural subconscious functions of the body. So let's start off with the obvious insomnia. We've all heard about this, maybe many of you experience this. And honestly, insomnia is most likely linked to things like caffeine, light from your screen, your TV, your phone, tablet, doesn't allow your brain to settle, and so it makes you you feel like it's difficult to fall asleep when you want to fall asleep, but you did not allow your brain and your body significant time to settle into the circadian rhythm. So, basically insomnia is the difficult task of trying to fall asleep, but also the inability to fall back asleep. So, some people wake up at 4 or 5 in the morning, gotta take a piss, and then it's just like, well, I guess I'm up for the day. Here's another sleep disorder I'd never heard of before. A the lines of insomnia because it's using most of the same letters Sexomnia. that's right so when I discovered sexomnia, I switched gears went over to my comedy document where I write jokes to do stand-up comedy so I'm going to give you that routine that I wrote last night could suck but I'm going to add crowd laughter and responses to make it sound like you're listening to me doing a live comedy show and discussing sexsomnia. So I recently learned that there's a sleeping disorder called sexomnia. Yeah, sexomnia. Basically, you fuck someone in your sleep and have no memory of it. Yeah, I know, convenient. But I'm not really a big fan of the name of the disorder. sexomnia. It's too close to insomnia. Well, we'll just take out the N and replace it with sex, see? Easy peasy, see? And honestly, N, sex, they're the same thing. So it's interchangeable, see? Apparently, this disorder was named in the Roaring Forties. But I'm thinking it should have a more fitting name due to the jarring nature of the disorder. It can't just be three letters that differentiates having a hard time in my sleep and having a hard time falling asleep. And yes, of course, I have some ideas of names to replace sexomnia, like maybe, I don't know, sleep rapia with plausible deniability or too much beer and Viagra-ia. Apparently, you just have to add-ia to the end of something to make it a disorder. But my personal fave would be, you know, straightforward to the point, it's rape rape rape, rape rape, rape Because really, when it comes to rape, is consciousness a detractor? In fact, I submit that if someone is such a rapist that they're raping in their sleep? Well, I would like to see that person behind bars, sir. And I've been single for a long time, so I can't really ask anyone if I'm a sleep raper, a deeply afflicted sex-somniac. So I've been doing the responsible thing and checking my body pillow every morning, looking for divots or stains. Now, so far I seem to be making it through the night without raping anything, so that makes me feel better. On a side note, completely irrelevant, my cat has been walking funny lately. Maybe need to get her to the vet. So that's my little comedy bit about sexomnia. Let's talk about narcolepsy. So most people think of narcolepsy as this condition that makes you just fall asleep randomly. Like I'm just sitting there and it's like... You just fall asleep instantly. Actually, it is a state of being constantly tired, not necessarily just falling asleep against your will. Now, some people have what's called cataplexy, and that's when speech and muscle function can be weakened uncontrollably. And oddly enough, this cataplexy is usually triggered by laughter or excitement. That sucks. Every time I laugh or get excited by something, I pretty much lose function of my muscles and my speech. So if someone with cataplexy were to get on a roller coaster, they're basically just going to be flung around like a wet cloth slash human sex doll because they will just go weak uncontrollably because I'm laughing
1: and I'm excited.
0: (laughs) Of course, there is sleep apnea, which basically means that you're stopping breathing throughout the course of the night for one reason or another. Your airway is closing. It's not good. (coughs)
1: <coughs>
0: Sorry. And I know I have this because my last long-term relationship, she was not okay with my level of snoring and said, you have to go see someone. And she made me wear that mask every single night that we happened to be together. And I hated the mask. And as soon as we broke up, never have I used that freaking dastardly machine ever again. It's still up in my closet. And if sleeping with sleep apnea just shortens my life by 5, 10, 15 years, so be it. Guess what? When I die, irrelevant. Doesn't matter if I live to 50 or 150. The minute the lights go out, it's back to zero. Irrelevant. If they come up with a reliable sleep apnea system, that doesn't require me trying to sleep while strapped on like Darth Vader. (laughs) All right, I'll consider it. But as a slightly overweight man, I will also say you need to pull those straps so tight on the mask that the next morning, for the first two hours of your interaction with other people, you have these obvious lines and indentations on your face from the mask. Another sleep disorder would be sleepwalking, which is known scientifically as somnambulism. I think I got that right? But sleepwalking is actually more common in children and typically something that. That is outgrown by the teenage years. And it's weird. Yeah, the fact that you're up, moving, doing things while you're asleep. The fact that your body can actually function while your brain is somewhere far away. And sleepwalking can also be associated with people that have their eyes open while in a state of sleep. That's freaky. Apparently, about 20% of people sleep with their eyes open or partially open. That's a lot of people. It's called nocturnal of. <Tuber mic noise> Most. Let's try that again. Nocturnal, lago, phalamos. So there's, I'd like to buy a vowel. L A G O P H T H. How do you pronounce p-h-t-h <small noise> Lago phalamos. Nocturno, Lago, Alamos But it's people who can close their eyes most the way while they're sleeping, but not all the way I will say that one time when I shared a bed with my brother Now, let me tell you, I was a young boy This is not a gay incestual tale We were both young boys under the age of 10 Maybe I just made it worse, I don't know Anyway, we shared a bed, that's how it was One night, I woke up, I looked over at Barry, my older brother, two and a half years older. His eyes were wide open. I thought he was awake. I said, Barry, he didn't respond. I propped myself up on one elbow to really kind of face him because I wasn't sure what was happening. And all of a sudden, he lifted his head a couple inches from the pillow and shouted, How much is it? Ah! Before closing his eyes and returning to sleep. If you want to know how much that one little occurrence at probably like the age of eight or nine has impacted me, well, I still recall it 40 years later. How much is it? So I don't know if my brother deals with this on a regular basis, but for that night, he had nocturnal lag of Finally, we have restless leg syndrome. Now, my dad had this, and I'm worried I'll get it because I've gotten pretty much everything else my dad had. thin and receding hairline, the body sweater by Darwin, so full body hair, his looks. I mean, I, basically turning into my dad despite all attempts to be nothing like him. So apparently restless leg syndrome is usually most prominent from early evening to early morning. that's when you need to be sleeping if you're on a circadian rhythm so just hoping that doesn't start happening i'm already fidgety like i like to rub my first and middle finger together back and forth i'm doing it right now Like a fluttering of my fingers. Sometimes I'll shake my hand while I do it. I don't know why. It just releases the energy that's pent up in my body. Honestly, there's times where I'm worried that, do I have Parkinson's disease? But I realize also that I'm kind of choosing when to do it and when not. So I'm hoping it's just a weird, I'm doing it right now. It's a weird little thing I do and not indicative of some horrible disease like Parkinson's. We'll see. This summer, coming to a theater near you. The story of Michael J. Fox, played by Jeff Schaefer. That's a horrible joke, I know. Get over it. All right, that's all I have to talk about. Sleep, why we sleep, the science of sleep, how our sleep compares to technology, animals. I cannot guarantee that the next episode will happen anytime soon. Again, my goal is to take a two-month break. This has been less than one month, so could be a few more weeks before you get another episode. i got to get back to my other shit. I encourage all of you to go follow me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, at Jeff Becomes Jeff. If you have show ideas, let me know. If you think something I said in a show is stupid and you want to argue, fine. You're gonna lose, but you can try. And please tell everyone you know if you don't listen to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast, you're not my best friend anymore. Until next time, I'm Jeff. It's Golden Girls. Exciting. Cute. Slutting. I'm flabbergasted. It's not boring. You don't want it to be vulgar. Do you believe I'm saying that?
1: Mm -hmm. And I'm.
0: (sighs) Wait, wait. Check his pulse. Good night.
1: I went to the devil and I prayed And I showed him the mess that I've made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire And said can you turn the heat a little higher Cause I've been burned Times over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the Sea, and said, oh, Won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the world have been winding a million times over, but she receded from. From the lady of the sea I told her you don't need to rescue me No more, no more Cause the roads and the woods I've been winding but now